Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am your host, Larry. And I am your other host, Justin. So, want a quick, a quick apology for those on the Discord. We have pushed this release back um, for patrons and for everyone else until 10 yes. a.m. on our normal release day on Monday. Yes. There is a very special reason that we will get to right before our review of Signs. Um, and that will be led by Justin. But before that, Justin, I feel like it's been a while, even though it hasn't. What's been new with you, man? Um, What has been new with me? Okay. Besides, um, you get a fresh haircut because it looks good. No, I just actually fucking did something with it for once. <laughs> See, mine's um, really dark, and I went to the gym today, and I wore a beanie, so my hair's really greasy, so you can't tell that right now. And obviously on a podcast, you can't see it either, so. <laughs> no, I'm actually going for a haircut on Saturday, though. So. Are you? Yeah, I'm kind of I told Steve to. that I would cut not only my hair, I would also cut my beard before I officiate his wedding. So that. <laughs> well, you just got to let it grow out until like the day or two before then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let it grow out until then. I even told uh, him, like, hey, you could even pick out, I'll be up there standing in between you and your soon-to-be wife, I will uh, I will look pretty as you guys see fit. I even let him pick all the colors out for the suit that I'm wearing, too. Because I said, if you don't pick them out, I will, be, I will be coming in bright colors, and I know you don't want that. Hey, you never know, right? <laughs> no, he definitely doesn't want that. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so what has been new with me is I have been playing Elden Ring. Ooh, how's that? Um, I'm 60-something hours in. I'm done my fourth Lord, and I believe I am on my way to do the thing to fight the last boss. So so you're going to fight the last boss, or you're doing the last thing to open the possibility of fighting the last boss? So I am doing the thing to open the possibility to fight the last boss, and I believe... I might actually go fight the last boss because what I've seen so far is that... Will it prevent you from helping me? No. It works like Dark Souls 3 where you had to, like, you beat uh, the Soul of Cinder and then it was like, okay, you actually have to go and do this other thing, like go light the fire or whatever. So I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, don't worry. I'm making... I'm going to make sure... I already lost Steven on Xbox. Don't let me lose you too. (laughs) No, I'll I'll double and triple check before uh, before I actually do that. Okay. Uh, but other than that, um, I watched Laugh Out Loud Canada, which was hilarious. Um, what is that for us American uncultured people down here? So basically, they just they stick a it's where they stick a bunch of comedians in a room and they have six hours, and when you laugh, you're out. Okay. Okay. And the winner gets like a hundred thousand dollars to the charity of their choice, kind of thing. Oh, fun. And it's just a bunch of Canadian comedic legends like Tom Green and Colin Mockery Tom and like a Jay Baruchel like hosts it. Okay. Yeah, it's very funny. It actually uh, sounds like a good show. Actually. Oh yeah, it's great. There's it. It gets very wild. People start losing their minds because mm-hmm. you can't laugh. You ha- it's like two strikes and you're out kind of thing. Anyways, it's, I've seen a show. It might have been a clip of a show, but like where two people are telling jokes from across each other, and the other one has water in their mouth, so you know if they like if they break oh yeah no this is like they are basically they have this room and it's just they got six hours to do whatever they want but they can't laugh and it gets fucking weird and wild (laughs) uh yeah um other than that i watch signs obviously um my first article for dread xp came out uh that they seem to really like that so that's exciting gonna keep get to keep doing that um and then the other thing that I will talk about when uh, in a bit. Yes, I think. in a few yes. moments. I actually don't have a whole lot. Uh, for so movies, I'm going to see Batman on Saturday. Me too. <laughs> I'm very excited. I, what time are you been, going to it see it? It has pained me 4.15. Okay, I'm, I'm going at one thirty just so I know I won't say anything. Yeah, I, I would have gone earlier, but I want to go with Devin. And yeah. this is taxi, so she doesn't get home till later. And then I was going to go last weekend during open weekend, but because of the day one raid, I pushed it off. And it has pained me. Like, it, I, it's been killing me. I haven't seen it yet. And so I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, then, obviously, I watched Signs. Yeah. For TV, I, I'm on episode 191 of Dragon Ball Z. Goku to sacrifice himself to, like, prevent Cell from blowing up Earth. It took him to King Kami's place. And even though Cell blew up there, he didn't actually die. And so he came back, and, like, Gohan's a super badass all of a sudden, and it's a whole big thing. 
So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I started the TV show Euphoria this week. I'm already on season two. Um, so you like it? I do like it. Degrassi or Gossip Girl, or whatever. It's also a large amount of penis. Hey, it's like a uh, rare exports. <laughs> yes, it, this makes rare exports look like a Disney movie. There oh, is, wow. There is so much penis all over the place. It's incredible. Uh, as far as games go, I started Octopath Traveler like for real. Yeah. Um, I started with Alfin, who is the. Um, the thief, right? No. No, no. He's like the, the whisperer. He, he inquires into people. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and then I went and got Ophelia because I wanted a white mage because you always got to have your white mage. And then I went and got the thief, Theron. And I just got him last night. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, There's some. I don't know if it's still in the game, but I remember when Octopath came out, if you started with a thief, after the first town, you could go steal one of the best weapons in the game. Oh, really? You had to, like, cheese it. You had to, like... Uh, save scum basically until you oh i heard that it's called the golden axe yes (laughs) you have like a like a one percent chance to steal it or something like that yeah i did that for several hours i'm never cheesing a weapon again it's not (laughs) it's just not worth it i started elden ring yes you did i am about i've been playing for six hours made zero story progress I found this build online that uses this like angelic scythe. So it's a faith build. Um, shit wrecks. Like I'm just out there one-shotting enemies. Like I did a, I did a little, little bit of grinding this afternoon. But even so, it's still a Soulsborne game. So I go fight a boss and get <laughs> shat on. So you, nothing has really get, changed. You get so confident. And then I you do. I'm out that there, they're like, regular out there like, swinging it around like I'm harvesting grass. And I go there to fight Margaret. And I thought for sure. I didn't even summon the first time I walked in there. I was like, all right, bitch, let's do this. And I just got crushed. I got yeah. beat worse than the first time I fought her. Or the, 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 the third time I fought her, which was before I leveled up or did anything, I got her like under a quarter health. And then walked her this time with my, yep. my my nice blade and my this little ragadon sore seal I went and hunted down in the the, the far north and I just got crushed. Uh, so yeah, I still gotta beat her. And then Destiny Two, uh, the raid, the day one raid for Vow of the Disciple was last Saturday. Um, it was really buggy, so they extended it to forty eight hours. And even so, my team was not able to get the clear. We were in the last boss room. We just, it was just too much time. People had to go to work. We were burnt out. Um, we did clear it the next day when the challenge modifier fell off. Uh, but I think I'm going to go into like more of a maintenance mode with Destiny. Yeah, that's fair, especially after spending 14 hours straight with it. Yeah, I, I've talked to you. I talked to Devin. It's just, I put a lot of time in the Destiny, <laughs> especially in preparation for this day one raid. And I am very happy with how far I got, but a lot of the, a couple of people in the group I was with weren't happy, and they were being really nasty towards other people in the group, which I just really didn't think was fair, and it ruined my vibe because I was just happy that we got that far. It's the farest yeah. I've ever gotten, and I just don't have time to. No, don't waste your time with around. shitty people. Yeah, so I think I was telling you, I, I told Devin too, like I think Destiny is going to become like a once a week thing if that just pop in do some story content and i don't know man i'm missing i'm missing my solo rpgs hey that's there's nothing wrong with that yeah uh i need to make time for persona 5 at some point too so oh, don't don't tease me like that i'm going to play it <laughs> it's been to. on my list oh my i just God. need to find the time to do it uh so books bad. i finished the two towers oh and i'm on to the return of the king which one is um, the best one so far to you Two towers, because a lot of shit happens in it. Okay. Like, obviously, like, you have you have Helm's Deep, then you have, like, their confrontation of Saruman yeah. at the tower with the Ents, and there's a lot that happens there. Um, you get a lot of stuff going on with um, Frodo and Sam, and then not only that, but you have Shelob. Like, Shelob's in this book. 
And Sheila's like one of my favorite side characters, especially after playing uh, Shadow of War. Oh, you mean the so, sexy spider? Yes, sexy spider. She's not a sexy spider in this one, but in Shadow of War she is. Uh, that probably says a lot about my psyche. Um, and then the only other last thing is um, a friend at work had two tickets to go see the band Manchester Orchestra. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of them before. Yeah, I've never heard of them. I but can't lie to free you. tickets to me, I will always go. Um, it's a it's a sold out show. It's like an indie band. Have you heard Death Cat for Cutie? Uh, sounds familiar. Okay, so it's like a really soft emo-y kind of music from back in like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Of the same vibe. Oh, okay. So not for me. <laughs> so yeah. So, but they were free tickets, and I will. I will always check out some. I will always go to. I, I like live music in general. Yeah. And knowing that it's not going to be what my wife likes, which is screamo, death metal, raw, and it's just going to be kind of chill, I'm actually a little bit excited. So, <laughs> and if, like I said, it sounds like Death Cab, but Death Cab is one of my all time favorites. So I'm pretty pumped. Well, that's good. I'm sure you'll have. When is that, anyways? Tomorrow. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, tomorrow night. The doors open at seven, but I don't give a rat's ass about the openers. So we're just going to leave here, actually, probably around 7, get there a little bit late, go in, hang out for part of the show, and leave early to avoid the crowd. Because, again, this isn't Tyler, the creator. This isn't Ghost. This is Manchester Orchestra. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right. So that's all I had. Like I said, is this, I think this episode is going to be a little bit short because science doesn't have a whole lot going on with it. No, it does so not. I think it's actually really cool that Justin has something special to share. So, sir, the floor is yours. Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously, we can talk about it now. Uh, I have been playing Ghostwire Tokyo, which is the upcoming Tango. Oh, is everything okay? Did you hear a noise? Yes. Devin just got out of the shower. Did you hear oh, okay. something? Oh, okay. Sorry. I just Sorry. Make, no, 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 no. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. I didn't know if my computer started making beeps. Sometimes it's almost constantly because you heard my computer making like a, a scratchy noise earlier. I was like, I don't, I don't hear it. Is it dying? Is it sending its gasping breath? Sorry. No, you're good. Yes. No, no. Go to Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so it is uh, uh, T- Tango GameWorks' next creation. They are the creators behind uh, Evil Within and Evil Within 2. Um, basically this is a first person, person <laughs> yokai spell slinging RPG. <laughs> um, okay. It's very unique. Um, so I am only allowed to talk about a certain portion of it right now. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, so far what I've played is fun. It's good. It, it, it I could see it get a little uh, getting a little bit repetitive if these spells don't open up a little bit more. Uh, right now I only have two, which is like kind of this like wind blast and a firebolt. And then I have like a bow and arrow. Um, but yeah, basically you like it's set in Tokyo. There's like this weird, like cataclysmic event that happens that everybody turns into ghosts or not ghosts, uh, spirits. And you have to like go around saving everybody's souls basically. Okay. Um, weirdly enough, uh, it is probably the only game I will I will play in like the default Japanese voiceover setting because I just feel like a lot of the emotion comes through a lot better because it is set. Did you like, play Yakuza that way? Well, Yakuza, you have to. Okay, I didn't know. I, I, well, I thought you went through a whole like stint of that, and I would figure oh, that geez, would probably yeah. be very similar to that too. Well, it is. Well, that's kind of a more like fun mafia like Japanese culture. This is like very. I don't even know. Dude, this is like one of the weirdest games I've played. So I have a question. Yes. The studio, you said you were hyped about this because of... Evil Within 2, mostly. Evil Within 1 was okay, but obviously had issues. And so it's part of Bethesda, then? Yeah. What kind of... If you were to describe the style of game, like, is it a platformer? Is it like Dying Light? Is it... It is like... Picture Dying Light, so it's like a first-person game. Uh-huh. Uh, the only combat is you have a bow and arrow, and you have, like, spells. Bow and arrow and spells? Is there magic in it? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
that's like your only form of combat. I mean, you can like punch people, but that doesn't really do a lot of damage. And uh, the the only enemies I've really come across are like these weird Slenderman esque guys with umbrellas. And sounds these, awful. Sounds absolutely awful. Uh, headless schoolgirls who will just like bear down and like chase you, which is terrifying. Uh, these like uh, what was I'm trying to the airline stewardesses with like these fucked up deformed faces that just like open their gaping maw and like shoot red stuff at you it's Mm -hmm. it's like weirdly terrifying um also all the shop vendors are cats that are yokais so they're just like these weird mysticism cats it's great fantastic uh yeah so far i am enjoying my time with it uh i again i do think it needs to like so far, it is a good game. I think if it wants to go to a great game, it has like some serious hurdles to jump. What do you mean by that? Um, I, know you, I know you're kind of restricting what you can actually say. Yeah. But like, what do you mean when you say that there are hurdles? Is it story? Is it gameplay? Is it like no? So the the story so far is great. I I, I can't get into specifics, there, sure. but the story so far is very good. Just weird, um, dude. Like <laughs> fucking wild. I'm like, and no, I, I, can't, I can't talk about it, but yeah, I'll tell, yeah, I'll tell you after. Okay. Um, um, it is in the gameplay, mostly the variety of combat. I can just see getting stale. Okay. Um, there are slots open, so I'm assuming you do get more spells and more abilities. Mm-hmm. But it's just right now, I am very limited at what I can do. So it all all fights feel the same like to a t the exact same you have the full game this isn't a demo right this is the actual full release so it's not like you can say it's a demo problem it's a it's an actual problem with the game yes that being said i think it's i think it has promise um i'm very like if the combat does open itself up a lot i think this is going to be a great game um the story is fantastic so far. The audio design they use, like, really good 3D, like, spatial audio with it. Um, I mean, it looks very pretty, and, like, it's got a lot of, like, eye-pop- eye-popping action. Like, a-, a lot of the spells look much better than they feel. Like, uh, a lot of, like, hand movements in front of your face with, like, fucking spells shooting out of it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it- it's fun so far i'm looking forward to playing more of it uh and when i can talk about a review of it i will okay um i i will say i also i am writing something for forever classic as well that Mm -hmm. it'll probably go up around the same time as this uh you can like see i'll like put screenshots and stuff in there too but yeah that's honestly i haven't played elden ring all week because i've been playing that (laughs) I also apologize. Apparently, the pipes have started running all the water through the walls. So, if you're hearing those pipes in the background, I have no. I can't. No, I can't. Oh, also, uh, this game code was provided by the publisher. I'm supposed to say that. Okay, <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So it, it's it's been good so far. I'm I am excited to dive back into it. It sucks that I have Soldier of Paradise or Stranger of Paradise coming out next week and Elden Ring to beat. So I'm getting a little bogged down. I with like games. Cyber Stranger of Paradise, but I. I can wait a little bit, I think. Dude, do you know that they announced like eight more games at the State of Play yesterday? Yeah, no, none of them were fucking Final Fantasies. I'm good. No, none of them. None of them were even the stuff they talked about in the Nintendo Direct. I've told you. I told you we were not seeing Final Fantasy VII Part Two until 2022. Three more years, it'll be announced. I think we... I... We are going to see it the year after 16 drops. Yeah, I think we'll see 16 in 2026. I I think we'll see it t- next year, if not late this year. Well, it's already a little too late. You're crazy. Early next year. You're crazy. Hey, Final Fantasy 15 came out in December, the year it came out. Or no, October. Sorry. No, September, because it was supposed to come out in August, but then got pushed to September. Yeah, it kept getting pushed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Square X, goddamn God, Yeah. <laughs> All right, God, let's yeah, talk anyways. about Square Enix to make ourselves depressed. Do you want to talk about signs? I mean, <laughs> I'd rather talk about Square Enix. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we aren't doing that. We are going to review signs, so let's hit it.
perfect editing. Signs is a 2002 sci-fi mystery thriller written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Knight is an Indian-American filmmaker known for his plots filled with supernatural elements and twist endings. After the massive success of The Sixth Sense, he made Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, After Earth, The Visit, <sighs> Split, Glass, yeah. Old, and coming in 2023, Knock at the Cabin. Have you uh, seen Old? No, but I want to. Okay, I was Have just going to ask yet? if it was good. No, I also want to, but I also don't if it's going to be bad. So I was going to yeah, ask I, you if it's I haven't good heard. So I think this is going to come across as we review this. I haven't heard anything good or bad. And okay. I feel like with M. Night, it's not one or the other. It can be the third. It can be good. It can be bad. And it can just be, okay. You haven't seen Unbreakable, have you? No. Well, that's that's the it. first superhero one. That's one with um, Bruce Willis, right? amazing right? like it, it sucks that it you know it sucks that it's so far out that obviously you know like the spoilers and stuff for it no I, sure. I think i've seen unbreakable i've seen it when i was a kid oh man i fucking i love that movie. okay <laughs> uh yeah and then he's also the showrunner for the apple tv show servant um, i watched the first three episodes of that okay but then i got pissed off at apple plus so i did not continue the film stars Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, and Abigail Breslin. So, Mel Gibson is incredibly well known for his roles in the Mad Max franchise and as Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Gibson what, else is is, a, hey, what else is he known for? Uh, he's a household name. Um, there are a lot of films with him, some that I absolutely love, like um, The Patriot. But he is quite a douchebag, so that's all I want to talk about Mel Gibson tonight. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is actually one of my favorite actors. Um, if I see he's in a movie, I'll just watch that movie regardless of if I know anything about it. Yeah, um, I agree. I think he's amazing. Yeah, I think the first time I realized that I loved him was in Gladiator. He played that role. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah he played that so well, that like spoiled child. Man, with another douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, he's also been in Walk the Line, where he played Johnny Cash. He was in Hotel Rwanda, We Own the Night, The Master, the film Her, which is such a good movie. And he finally won a well-deserved Oscar for his role as the titular character, Joker. Rory Culkin is the youngest of the Culkin tribe. He has starred in films such as Scream 4, which we've already reviewed, Lord of Chaos, and he had a leading role in the TV show Waco, where he played David Thibodeau. Abigail Breslin shot the stardom with her role in Little Miss Sunshine, and since has been in films such as My Sister's Keeper, Zombieland 1 and 2, and uh, The Call. She also whoa, had a star. Oh wait. She's in Zombieland? Oh, she's the girl. Yeah. The girl. Oh, uh-huh. Dakota, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Or whatever her name is. I forget her. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't remember. so yeah. long. Uh, she also starred in the Fox TV show Scream Queens. Oh, nice. That the is film, a show I've been meaning to watch, actually. It's good, but I love Emma Roberts, so if you put her in something, I'm going to watch it. Uh, the film was scored by James Newton Howard. Do you know that name, Justin? I'm assuming I should, but I don't. <laughs> so it's very weird, I didn't know that name either, but listen to these movies he's done. Pretty okay. Woman, okay. The Fugitive, okay. OG Space Jam, okay. <laughs> Peter Jackson's King Kong, Okay. He co-wrote the Dark Knight score with Hans Zimmer. Jesus Christ, this guy. And he has done eight of Shyamalan's films. Why do we not know him? I don't know. I don't know. And, then, and, then, and there was more. Those are just the big ones. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. This film blew me away to discover that it was shot on a budget of $72 million. All that corn, man. It grossed over $408 million at the box office. Mark Ruffalo was originally cast to play Meryl Hess, but had to drop out of the project because he required surgery to remove a tumor behind his ear. Thus, Phoenix was brought in. The film was shot on location in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, spanning the campus of the Delaware Valley University and Ag College, and a couple of local towns in the area for the pizza shop scene and everything. It is, to date, the biggest opening of Mel Gibson's career. 
Really? That's kind of a surprise. That was shocking, right? With yeah. all like, the lethal weapons and everything? Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Signs. <laughs> it also earned more than Disney's previous best for a live-action, non-sequel, not based on existing popular source material, uh, which was previously held by Pearl Harbor. Wait, so what is this based on? Nothing. So there's it, it, a lot of like there's a lot of things protecting it, but basically it was a live action non sequel not oh. based on something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That okay. was Wikipedia. Yeah. It was very tongue twisty, but I was just, I was surprised. It to may, see well, that. I mean, it, talking through it, it makes sense, but yeah, that's. I was just very surprised to see how well it did at the box office. It kind of blew me away. I um, mean, everybody saw this in, <laughs> in the movie theaters. And another fun fact: it is the only Shyamalan film. That grossed. Oh, sorry. The only Shyamalan film that grossed more than this was a Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. I'm not gonna lie. That movie always freaked me out as a kid. Me too. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it because it's been a very long time. But we should wait, and we should do a review for it because I think so too. There's one scene that every time I think of it still gives me nightmares. The so. girl under the bed. Ugh. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so I have the privilege of the 60-second summary, although I do not think it's going to last that long. But I have my stopwatch pulled up. You'll give me a 3, 2, 1, Jay, I will go. Okay. If you are ready, then 3, 2, 1, go. So Mel Gibson plays a grieving pastor who has forsaken his duty after the, the tragic and sudden death of his wife. His younger brother has moved in with him to help him raise his two kids. It is during this time that crop circles appear in their farm field. They talk to the cops, they talk to people in town, a lot of really, really weird things are happening. It is then that on the news they see that alien spacecrafts are being spotted all over the world. Not only are we spotting alien spacecrafts, we are seeing aliens walking in the streets. We discovered that the aliens have come to Earth to capture people and to take them away for experimentation. The aliens are, are landing within miles, uh, within a mile of the crop circles. Thus, the aliens attack the farmstead. Mel Gibson's brother, Joaquin Phoenix, beats the shit out of an alien with a baseball bat. The little kid did not die of poison because he had an asthma attack and survived it. And water was the reason the aliens could not stay on Earth because it was toxic to them. We do not know if the aliens will return. They won't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Fuck this movie. Um... I think it's got, like, a good premise to it. I mean, I, granted, I'm not I'm not even going to say undertones because, it's not, because it is not undertones, but the very, like, heavy Christian themes kind of <laughs> turned me away from this movie a lot while I was watching it. Yeah, it was more like forgiveness and destiny and fate and, like, yeah. everything means something, even if you think it's As long as you believe, everything will be okay. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it... It works. We have seen other movies that have tried to do this, like the one yeah. that Ginger had us do, The Captive State, right? Yes. Where they're trying to say something, but they don't say something. I do think that the messaging of like fate and predetermination and things are going to happen is more just being ready for them to happen. Um, I do think it does an okay job with it. Um, we'll get to the alien of it in a second. The one thing, this was like an hour and 40 minutes long. I don't think it needed to be that, that long, but yes, it was. And so I agree with you, but it didn't drag for me. Oh, boy. Did it drag <laughs> for you? For I was me? very surprised oh, yeah. because the, it was very slow paced and not a lot happens. It's a lot of dialogue between the characters. And we'll talk about that in audio. But like it didn't drag. And I was shocked. And again, I think that's where we kind of split a little bit because i was bored but i never felt like it drug out like i felt like everything that was in it served that higher purpose that Shyamalan was trying to do whether it be with the alien discourse or the fate discourse i think it was a little ham-fisted with the fate stuff i think that really dragged it down for me because i mean almost every scene is somebody talking about faith and just very heavily you know, questioning if somebody's going to be there to help and yeah. all this stuff. It was like very ham fisted to me. Um, and it, it just kind of like made me roll my eyes a lot and like, sure. yeah, fuck, here we go again. Um, I, I kind of liked it. Maybe it's just because I grew up and I've, I've lost my 
faith or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. There, there is always something fun about like thinking about everything is predetermined, you know, mm-hmm. and that like there is no such thing as like choice or free will. It's all like it's an illusion. I don't know. It's a fun little rabbit hole, and I think that this movie lightly tapped on those things. So I, that's always a fun sitting around oh, a campfire see, for me, drinking it's like, conversation. Right, just fucking do something, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, that, that's not to say I don't have like any huge cons with it. I just think yeah. it was, eh, it was okay. kind of boring. Kind of boring, and like, yeah. um, didn't do it for me. Alien, the alien part of it. I would say the alien storyline is probably the best part of the story, even though I do like the conversation of faith. I like it. I like how it's like a small town's reaction to this life shattering thing. Yes. I love how the kids react to it. How like the little girl up to her older brother and the older brother is like, we have to do this. I have to record over your ballet recital. And the dad's like, get another tape. Like, and it's just like, I don't know. There's just a, there's a, there's so much with the alien thing that, I never feel like it's poking fun at the past. It all feels like an homage. And we were messaging about this, and I think it's all capped with them being allergic to water. Yeah. Which is War of the Worlds. Yeah, oh yeah, no, like I, I agree. I I know a lot of people find the water thing to be like hokey and stupid, but mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it. I think, like you said, it's a very good homage to like what came before it. Yeah, I and... think Shyamalan did a good job, like showing, like almost a tribute, I guess. It, it, yeah. it, the, the story is War of the Worlds. The story is War of the Worlds, just yeah. in a remote farm town. Yeah. It, no, I, I it, yeah, I mean, that. without the giant robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I think the alien stuff is the best part of it. I still don't. I think some of the alien stuff is cinematically cool but not yeah. very most like... of my alien conversation i think is going to fall between cinematography and how scary Oof. all right i'm gonna tell you now this is this, this movie does not have great scores coming for me oh, that's fine i mean i'm not it's not going to be glowing either for me but it, it, it was definitely i saw this as a kid right this was like a sleepover staple this is like mm-hmm. in the rotation of Darkness Falls and The Ring. Like, this was like in that kind of time frame where you went to the VHS store and got stuff like this, right? Yeah. Um, so it was in that era. And, all right, we'll talk about the scary stuff later, but I was, I was, I was happy to see that I still enjoyed the movie. I think it was I not unenjoyable you. for me, at the very least. I told you the first time I watched this that I hated this movie, and this time I could see its merits, but it still was not... <laughs> It's not going to live in my brain forever. <laughs> okay. So for plot, I gave it a six and a half. I gave it a five. Okay. I think that's honestly pretty fair. Cinematography. Couple of things. There are so many shots that go of like one character's face and then it cuts immediately to another character. We never get like any like panning or any like, it's like, it's very jarring. Yes. I, I have to assume that was purposeful for some reason. I didn't necessarily care for it. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I, I did like how they framed a lot of things. This is going to kind of cross over with how scary when we get to it. But the cornfield, when he drops his flashlight, there's a lot of things where they play with light and dark in this movie yes. that I thought were brilliant. No, I, I, I do agree in that. I think the cornfield is honestly one of the best scenes of the movie the cornfield um, in the basement i think are probably my yeah. favorite yeah i i mean i agree i, I think it's it, it, they know how to build tension and they do it amazingly i just it's it's the day-to-day of it all that they just like you said it's jarring there's no like nice like sweeping like no, the, it's it's shots. It's the cuts just, are just so abrupt. It's brutal. The only it abrupt cuts that I do like is when it's kind of going back and forth between the night Kate that Mel Gibson went and found his wife pinned to the tree. Like I find that to work well because it is like his mind like dissociating back to that moment, right? Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. Yeah, but all the other ones is it's just very very jarring. Um, let's talk about the aliens. So uh, <laughs> we can't 
necessarily tell in the cornfield if it's CGI or practical. Yeah. So I will say the CGI was good there. Because I'm assuming it was CGI. I could, I, I could see it being practical. But yeah, either way, it I think it looked good. I think the alien walking on the videotape of the child's birthday party. <laughs> yeah. I think that looked good because it was so low res. It didn't look bad <laughs> because we we're about to get where I think it looked terrible, which was the final confrontation. Because we only see oh, yeah. it in like reflections and stuff. And that's fine. I actually think it's kind of like a really cool like trick to do. I don't understand why they didn't do practical effects. It was a humanoid creature that had like regular arms and regular legs and regular body style. Like, why couldn't you get the guy who played the Moonlight Man to come get in a suit and dress him up like an alien? I don't understand it. I I I will say I do disagree with the 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 walking okay. <laughs> at the birthday party. Just it looked like a goofy person just doing like a Sasquatch walk. Okay. Um, but I agree. I think it looks the worst at the end because you can tell obviously they're not they're trying not to show it but give us enough i i would have preferred seeing it like practically like boom right there like i the cgi from like what 20 something years ago never looks good no it doesn't and it's weird because we can see some kind of computer effects from really old movies that hold up yeah like the old Star Wars before George Lucas back and fuck with it, like he has some effects in that that look good today. Yeah, I I will stand by that. Yes. Yeah, and it's just I I don't understand it. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say for cinematography. Like there are some cool things like the lights and stuff, but overall, it's middling to eh. So I actually give it a five and a half. I I did give it a five. Um, there is one shot that I do actually really like, and it it's. It's when Mel Gibson is going to Ray's house and he walks around the house oh, and he knocks yeah. on the front door or looks through the window and then notices that he's sitting in the truck behind him. Yeah. I just think it's like a cool, ominous, vibing That's shot. Good call. And you know that yeah. is in the car, right? Ray? Shyamalan. Oh, is that? I don't know yeah. what he looks like. Yeah. So. That's night, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, audio. This is the highest section for me. Oh, same. Um, I think the score is amazing. Like, you hear that, and whatever, even well, if you, kind of, you, you can't forget the plot of this movie because it's so damn simple. <laughs> it's aliens come and get destroyed by water. It's very, it's, it's, it's a tale as old as time. Hey, so, so, so what does it swing home or keep swinging? <laughs> uh, swing, yeah, swing away. Yeah, swing away. Um, <laughs> God damn it. The, um, I, I, the, the, the script we already discussed, at least a little bit in plot. Yeah. I personally think that every single actor we get in this does a fantastic job. I will second that. And that even to say that the, and man, that opening theme is almost like Burton-esque. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I actually it's, it's very like, like stressful it. and it's very yeah. like, yeah, it's like you're, you're on edge. And like, I don't know, like from Knight's very small role in it, very pivotal, but very small performance to the sheriff, uh, I think both the kids do awesome. I think Culkin is just a scene stealer. He's so, like, he's funny without being over the top with it, and he's very subdued in a lot of his performances. Well, Obviously, I mean, walking... even think about when he, uh, trigger warning here, I guess, yeah. uh, when he has to kill his dog totally at the very start that. of the movie. Totally forgot yeah. about that. Um, I mean, he, for especially for a kid, he plays that part very well and that scene very well. Yeah, and and Breslin did great. the The star power and the acting chops in this are off the chan- are just off the the wall. And yeah. not only that, man, but like Mel Gibson has his problems. But I personally, there's a lot of movies that Mel Gibson have been in that I feel like he's a great actor. Like I talk about The Patriot, and then yeah. this, like I like you feel his pain. Like you feel like he's like struggling with the law. I know you don't like you don't really care for the discussion of faith and fate and all no, that. No, I don't. But, but you can, you can feel uh, his that's pain. not to, not to, like. I, I agree. I don't like the conversation about it. I, well, it's not. I don't like it. I just don't think it's very. It's good. not for you. Yeah. But that's not to say I. I if anybody was gonna sell me on that, 
it would be him in this movie because I think he does do a fantastic job. He does do a job. really good job. And, and, like, there's a lot of emotion behind it, and you can yeah. feel it. And the way he handles his kids, like, there's so many times where they're being outlandish and he's losing his shit, and the first time he loses it is when things are really going, whoops, I almost just yanked my cord out. Hopefully <laughs> that doesn't mess anything up. But when he's having, like, the final meal with his kids and he loses it, but he's just, like, so stressed and he pulls them all in for a hug, like, that scene is really dramatic. And... As far as I remember, and I've only seen some of Shyamalan's movies once, and I haven't seen all of them, but Knight is able to get such great performances out of the people he casts. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that because, I mean, the the two that I immediately think of are Unbreakable and Split, right? Yeah. And I think Unbreakable. With Hilly oh, Joel Osment, yeah. yeah. And obviously Bruce Willis. I think about Unbreakable. I do remember um, Samuel Jackson's character in that. And I know it gets. Sh- I know people don't really talk about it, but Lady in the Water, like Paul Giamatti's character in that. It, I don't remember that movie very yeah. well. Um, I actually like that movie. Uh, oh. It's just I, I. I don't know. There's this even the village in the happening, which heard. The village. Okay, just has no, a, don't 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 bring the happening. Just has this, a stupid plot, was... and the happening is just. God, God, awful. God, it starts off so good and it just plummets so fast. It's but okay. Even the that one, I think he has good performances. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I just think, I just think that Knight has a way of getting the best out of his actors, and I think we get that here, and we get it with a killer score. Um, so I'm just going to tell you straight up, this is like, I think this is really, really good stuff. I gave it a nine. I gave it a seven and a half. <laughs> um, because yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it all does. It does work really well, but I, I, I don't know if it's just me harboring some uh, <laughs> dislike for this movie, but man, I don't know. Something about it just... <laughs> it's oof. fine. I, I'll take seven and a half, and I'll take it that you just gave all that for the score. That's fine, because it's worth it. All right. How scary. Yeah. So you hated this when you first saw it. Yeah. So I was 11. How old were you? You're only a year older than me, right? A year or two older than me? Uh, yeah. Like 12, been, what, when did this come out? 2002. I saw it in theater, so I would have been 13. It scared me. Not the Nothing. scene that I think was meant to be scary, like when walking is like watching the TV and the alien walks by. It's the farmhouse one with the fingers. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the cornfield. And then the scene I talked about a lot, the basement. I grew yeah. up next to cornfields. Maybe that played part of it, too. Like, Children of the Corn. I, I did also. <laughs> I can't watch Children of the Corn. I fucking love Children of the Corn. I, I, I mean, I, I live in, like, uh, r- rural <laughs> suburbia. I can literally go out my backyard and take a picture, and then it's just, like, fucking cornfields. Okay, so you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I remember watching Children of the Corn at my aunt's house, and I remember, like, nope. And it fucked me up ever since. And I, I it probably has a lot of my allergies, too. But that, that scene messed me up. And then this the scene in the basement. Like, all that's going on in the light, in the dark, and the breaking of the bulb. And you don't even see any alien, but you see the doors shaking. And I think that's all, as a kid, like I said, this was in the rotation from the video store for when you have friends over for a scare. Yeah. It's been a few years. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I still think the cornfield thing holds up. I've talked yes. about how some childhood fears have never escaped me, like my fear of the ocean my fear of spiders which apparently there's a giant killer spider that can fly around now and it's coming this way so yay um (laughs) this movie with the exception of that scene in particular with gibson in the cornfield and i still think the overall stress of the basement sequence is very thrilling but just like this is not classified as a horror film. Yeah. I think this would be a really good movie to show like if your kids wanted to watch a scary alien movie. I think this is a really good one because I don't think there's really anything in here that's going to mess him up. It just isn't that scary. It's no, not. It really isn't. The corn, the, I, I will stand by the corn scene is probably one of the scariest things we have seen in the alien content so far, with the exception of like the thing. I was going to say, man, that's coming up against the thing. Well, and... the thing is our top rated <laughs> yeah, exactly. piece of media. 
And there is stuff in Mars Attacks that I still find scarier, but I think the cornfield sequence for how subtle and how minimalistic it is, I think it's very, very good. But this really isn't that scary of a movie, so it's not getting anything great for me. How about yourself? I mean, I hated this when I was a child, and uh, I definitely don't find it scary now, too, but uh, I can appreciate it more now than I could when I was and a... And that's why we go through the old stuff before we get to the new yeah. stuff, because you can kind of see what they're pulling from. And Yeah, no. and I was an angsty teenager when I first saw this, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> so, yeah, I gave it a three. It got a solid point for scaring me as a kid, and it got a solid point for the cornfield still being scary. I, I gave it a two, because I agree. I think the, the cornfield is a really good scene and i think it builds a lot of good tension he's and pays off and he's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell anybody about you you're not gonna get it famous you're wasting your time and dude i have been in those cornrows and i've been when it's dark and you can hear things happening and it's like i know you want to go back and re-review scary stories to tell in the dark but that cornfield scene in that movie too oh i don't have to i'm not gonna waste my time and rewatch it i'm just gonna <laughs> fucking give it <laughs> No, if you want to re- if you Don't want to re-review, scores. you got to rewatch it. Ugh. All right, let's review the scores for plot. Okay. I gave it a six and a half. You gave it a five for cinematography. I gave it a five and a half. You gave it a five for audio. I gave it a nine. You gave it a seven and a half. And for how scary, scary, how scary, I gave it a three. You gave it a two. This is easily an alien film, and it gets a final yeah. score of a fifty-four. Which yeah. I think we discussed. This is a middling film, so I think it should. Get, get a, a middling score. score. Yeah. Uh, it is tied with OG Dracula, Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers, and the original Pet Cemetery. Right below it with a 52 is Resident Evil Extinction. Don't ask me which one that is because I do not remember. And Extinction right... is uh, the third one when they're in the desert. Oh, God, man. what a... <laughs> That's only the third one. The, the, the plummet will be real. <laughs> Uh, and then right above it with 55s, we have three movies, Underwater, Resident Evil Apocalypse, and Captive State, which we actually talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I this was a middling movie. I enjoyed it more now than I did way back in the day, but I don't know. I'm excited that we're back in Aliens. <laughs> I am too. And thank you for covering me while I was drinking some water. My throat was raspy. And oh, you saved me. You're good. <laughs> We're going to play a commercial from a member podcast of the Kaleidoscope Media Network, and then we'll head on in to the closing. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. All right, Justin. So we are actually, you said you were happy to be back in Aliens, but we are about to leave it again. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Uh, it is for a good reason, though. When Scream 5 came out, I had COVID. Um, you were in a big lockdown. Yeah. Um, Rachel and Mars were being very COVID conscious and did not want to go out, which is very reasonable, especially with how high the Omicron spread was. And for health's sake, I had COVID. Uh, so we are going back and reviewing Scream 5. It is out on video on demand. I'm excited to rewatch it. I know you recently watched it. Um, yeah, I watched it on the, uh, last weekend. Okay, so I don't want to spoil anything for the review to come. Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. So we'll, we will literally leave it at that. Um, yeah. We want to say again thanks to Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda forty seven PR uh, Tango GameWorks. Sorry, I closed all my information. No, it's so fine. I didn't have it's it fine. Thank you for hooking up Justin, so we can do fun things and review fun new games. Um, I always like hearing about it. I don't have time to play them, but and I probably never play them. But it's always fun to hear Justin get them. I will say, uh, oh, well, this will be. When are we recording the next one? Uh, in a week in a day. Yeah, never mind then. Don't worry about it. Okay. I I reached out for something that it could be very cool. WWE, uh, but 
No, <laughs> I tried, man. I fucking emailed like four different people. And I, I know the only game I've ever person. asked you for have been sports games is more because I just want to spend the actual money on it myself. Like, I'll, I'll write a review about it. I just don't want to spend sixty dollars on Madden or or WWE. Like I, I will play the shit out of it. I just can't spend sixty bucks on yeah, it. They were like weirdly super protective of WWE. It's because two K twenty was ass. Two K twenty literally almost killed the brand, and apparently this one's pretty decent. That's what I've been seeing, so I, just can't I might pick it up. Sixty dollars on it. Yeah, that's fair. Wait I, for it to go. It, you know what? Give it like six months. They usually go on sale for. Like I hope so. That's my hope. But here, I hear the GM mode is pretty cool. I think that's that's the mode I want to do the most. I just want them to bring back Def Jam, man. Def Jam was <laughs> awesome on the PS2. Fucking bring it back. Yes, and as you know, we are playing Elden Ring. The plan is for us to review it mid-April. Um, if I beat it sooner, we will review it sooner. But, but no rush. Yeah, but I, I, I'll just be very honest. I'm having a lot of fun exploring. I haven't like I, I guess I tried to beat Margaret today because I wanted to brag that I beat the first boss, but uh, the the first sub boss. Isn't isn't she a progression stopper? Uh, yes, but she is not a lord. <laughs> Anything else you want to say on this podcast this evening? Well, I just broke Larry, so you know I feel a little bit better. I know there's six <laughs> lords you have to beat, and I thought this was one of them. Nope. Anything else? No, no, I'm good. Good. Uh. Guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Stick around, patrons, for the bonfire chat. We have a fun question for you. And until next time, stay scary. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny cast, and you can find Larry at beaver la you can find justin at pickle thing and you can email the show at here's johnny podcast at gmail.com you can look us up on facebook at here's johnny podcast as always in the show notes you can find links to the discord and to the website we are also on instagram at here's johnny underscore podcast also in the show notes we'll have a link to the twitch and youtube channels and if you would like to support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash here's johnny podcast every cent goes into the show And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, You guys helped make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.